Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. If you will today, I want you to welcome this mighty, powerful woman of God who's going to not just deliver the word of truth, but let the Spirit of God use her as He sees fit to bring victory, healing, hope, deliverance into your life. Come on, let's put our hands together. Welcome, Miss Katrina Boatwright Williams. Y'all, y'all like, y'all look like the angel's army up in here. Y'all ready for battle or something? Y'all ready to go to the throne or something? To God be the glory. Just do me a quick favor. Let's just keep that atmosphere at a place of expectation, elevation. Give God a roar, a Shabbat, a hallelujah, a thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm ready. Let me hear you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God deserves all the praise and all the glory. Real quick, real quick, real quick. I didn't come to preach about this, but one thing I do know is that when an anointing comes in the house, there's a demand on everybody that comes in the house. You hear what I'm saying? So there's an expectation that your participation just changed from what you thought it was when you walked in the door. Your engagement just elevated because of the anointing in the house today. So we don't have any spectators this morning, right? We all have participators this morning, amen? Amen. God is. I just got to do this real quick. To God be the glory. I love the anointing and the power of God in its space of authenticity. Amen. Woo, I just, I feel like jumping in. Now, y'all don't know I'm already up here. I'm, I'm coming back so I can walk y'all with me, right? Hallelujah. Let's go before the throne. Let's pray with me. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for why you are. I thank you for how you are. I thank you for when you are. God, I thank you that you are all that we need you to be because you are the I am. God, I thank you that you are (laughs) right now what we need you to be, God. We ask that you would set the atmosphere with your seeds, with your expectation. The ground is wet, it's soiled, it's ready for sowing. God, we are already setting an atmosphere for harvest, God. God, we ask that you would move in this place, that you would minister in this place, that you you would set free in this place, that you would deliver in this place, that you would be meticulous in your details, God, that you would go into the crevices of our hearts, into our minds, God, that you would uproot everything that the enemy has tried to hold us down, God, that you would remove every chain and every form of bondage that's kept us stagnant and stuck and unproductive, God, that you would get all the glory today because of your work, because of your characteristics, because of your power. In the name of Jesus, God, we let go and we let God have your way in this place today, God. Do only what you can do. Do what no other can do, God. I, God, I decrease and I let you increase. Holy God, move by your might and by your power. We ask these things jointly and in agreement in the name of Jesus. And we all say, amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Y'all feel like running and shouting already, don't you? My God, my God, my God, my God. Woo, can y'all feel that? I just want to know, can anybody else just feel the power of God in this place? 
to God be the glory. You may have your seats. I don't want you to jump up. I'm going to set the atmosphere just a little bit. I'm a tips kind of preacher, which means T, I'm going to talk, right? I'm going to teach. I'm going to instruct. I may do a little preach, and it may be a little shout, right? That's my flow. I got a little tips on me. And I wear heels, so I just might tip right on past you and ask you to join in agreement with whatever God is doing or saying. So I ask that you sit in the seat of expectation this morning. And I normally tell people, put your seatbelts on, but today I'm saying, take your seatbelts off. Just let's get ready to soar as high as you want to soar. Let's go. Let's create an altitude, an altitude with no limitations. Right? We're going to break all limitations today. And this is what I tell people. I teach, I travel internationally. I teach on multiple platforms. Not always in the church, but I always take the church with me wherever I go. They always encounter the true spirit of God. But I want to tell you this. One thing that I know that you can go as high as your mentality and your attitude is willing to take you today. We can create a learning synergy in this room today that can captivate the fullness of God to a maximum capacity that we haven't experienced if you want to go there. Anybody know what I'm saying? So often we put all the weight on the preacher. But let me tell you how much authority and power you have as a listener. God, as a God-believing Christian that comes into this place, you can put a demand on the anointing because of your need and expectation that's going to create things to combust up in here. You have that power and authority. You say, wait, did she put the ownership on me? Uh-huh. So we can create together. So who's ready to create together? Oh, we got some demand up in here. Let me help you get to know me just a quick bit. I don't really, I don't talk about me often. I don't really preach about me often. I preach about my process, my experiences, and my manifestations because that gives God all the glory, right? But I do want you to know a little bit about me. So he grew up in the world, absolutely, still doing his work more internationally than locally, but never stopped serving him and don't ever intend on doing so. But I want to give credit to where credit is due. I have some rider dies that I was born with. I didn't choose them. They didn't choose me. These are God-ordained rider dies. Some of y'all chose some and they stopped rolling with you. Mine rolled with me forever because God said so. And they have helped create me and keep me even when life tried to discourage me. And they steal my cheerleaders and steal my encouragement. My parents are in the house tonight. Oh, y'all can do better than that because they mine. Mom and dad, stand up. Let them see you, let them see you, let them see you. Yes. Why do I do that? Why, do I, why am I doing that? Because you see this. You may experience my power through God or the anointing or private, whatever, whatever you've heard. But they know what you don't know. They see what you don't see. They see me stand when you don't know if I'm standing or sitting. And they have not left my side one time with all that they know and see. So I thank you for your love, for your covering. They are my number one cheerleaders. My dad would tell me in a minute, you need to call Michelle, Bo Michelle Obama. 
He'll want me to go see the president. He'll call TLN. Hey, can my daughter talk to you? Because that's how much belief he has in the power of God on my life. My mom would speak to me spiritually and demand the Holy Spirit in me to rise up. You can't stop. You can't sit down. You can't take a break. You got to get back in the game. When they see something on your life, it's their job as your number one coach to not let that thing go. They got a push and pride. So I thank God for what's on their life. And I cannot go. I'm the oldest of five girls. They didn't have to claim me or like it, but I was the boss that ran everything. And they was my little ride or dies. My sisters are in the house. Stand up, Sibs. Yeah, they ride or die. You know what? In the same way, I can go preach anywhere. If they can get there, they rolling. And you know what? They come with expectation. They don't come just because I'm their sister. They come be like, oh God, what is God going to say to you? So I love y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My cousin is in the house, my best friend's in the house, the people are in the house, so to God be the glory. But God gave me four seeds that are ride or die. These my babies. I just want y'all to know them because they're not here and they doing their thing. That's my oldest daughter, Olivia. She's pursuing a master's right now in law and divinity. That's my oldest son. He's already had three open, um, three open heart surgeries and God is still working and massaging him as a beautiful piece of clay. That's his son, my grandson, Malachi. That's my um, youngest son, Caleb. They call him the president. He wants to be the senator. He got all these goals. And that's my baby girl. That's my diva. God bless her soul. Cover her. That's my standout baby right there. Those are my seeds that God has graced me with. I wanted to acknowledge them um, outside of their presence. Amen. So today we're going to talk about, do you see what I see? So this is from the perspective of what God is saying. And I want to kind of set that stage of what seeing means. So anyone that knows me, normally I come, I don't even have notes. And I just let God go. But God is being so meticulous right now about what he wants you to get and understand and recall. Right? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to go deep to a little exchange here. And I want you to roll with me while I lay this foundation. I have the wrong order here. It's okay. So this is what I want to say. Let me tell you this quick story because I want to help shape your lens. So there's this guy. He's running from the hunters that are chasing him. And in his mind, he's like, I got to hide. So he's running quickly. He's trying to find a space. The hunters are pursuing him. And he's like, oh, where can I hide from? They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. So there was a death threat on his life. And they were aggressively pursuing him to identify, we got to take him and bring him into capture so that we can take his life. So he's trying to find a place to escape these hunters. So he finds a, a cave and he runs and dives into the cave and he's balled up and he begins to proclaim God's name. God save me. God hide me. God keep me. God cover me. God send him away. God do something. God let a rock fall and block the front of the cave so they can't find me. Don't let them get me. I'm not ready to go. So he's in the cave, and he's praying as best as he can pray. And no cave, no rock falls, no shield come, no block. And he hears them getting closer and closer. The pursuit is getting closer and closer. And then he's sitting there, and there's a spider in the cave. He's afraid of spiders. And he said, devil, 
You sent the spider of all times because now he's tempted to break out and go and give himself over to those that are pursuing him because he's afraid of the spider. But he sits there going, oh, God, I can't get out. I can't stay in. What are you going to do? So he's, I mean, he's on stopped praying and he's in a whole conversation of, God, why aren't you showing up? So the spider had some friends and they just start weaving a web. And he's going, oh, God, they're trapping me in here. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to trap me here with all these spiders. God, why have you failed me? Why have you not showing up? Why do you want them to take me? I thought I still had a calling in my life. I thought I had still something to do. And next thing you know, he looks up. This whole web is there. and He has tears in his eyes. And he's like, oh, God, God didn't answer my prayers. He didn't send a, a brick, a wall. He didn't do it. They're coming. I hear them. All of a sudden, they stop at the edge of the cage. He gets ready to give himself up, like, I guess it's my time. The hunters say, I guess he can't be here because there's a spider web over this cave and he couldn't have got in without busting the web, so he must not be in there. And they ran away and left him untouched. And the perspective is, so many of us call on God over and over and over with an expectation for him to show up in a way that we desire and get mad and get ready to give up and surrender ourselves to the enemy. Many of us are already at the edge of something going to say, God, forget it. I just give in. Just take my life. You can have it. I'm done because you didn't, th- you didn't show up the way I thought you would. And God's going, it don't look like what you thought it would look like because you don't see the way I see but I already got you. And when he realized it, he looked at the spider, the very thing that he had fear of, <laughs> the very thing he didn't like and he was ready to run from was the very thing God used to build a hedge of protection around him to stop the enemy from coming at him. And I say that this morning to grab your attention quickly, that God wants your perspective. He wants your mind. He wants the way you think the way you respond, the way you engage with his power, ability, and his magnificent capacity to bless you. Don't limit God to answer you in the only way you can fathom, but let God be the God that he is and answer you in the ways that he can that grow you up. God is coming to grow us up into him. So I say to you, before you run out, before you give up, before you quit, before you throw in the towel, Check your web. Something's been weaved on your behalf. Say, weaved on my behalf. Weaved on my behalf. Yeah, it's been weaved on your behalf. So today we're going to talk about your lens. And we're going to do a lens exchange. So we're going to take, I'm going to take you on this journey. And this is what I call this work. It's the process of becoming in the journey to image. The process of becoming and the journey to image. So that's the work that we're going to do today. So the series, as you know, is called Exposing Lies with Light. So I want to talk about that. Because for me, in order to expose any lie, you got to know the truth. (laughs) And so often, we want to expose something because we've been taught to do so, but you ain't got no truth to measure. That's like if someone came up to you and wanted to accuse your parents or a sibling of something that you know is outside of their character. If you did not know them, 
Could you honestly stand up and say, no, that's, that would not, they would not do that. That's not them. You can only do that when you feel like I know them. So could it be true or could it be possible? Could it be an option that sometimes we get in a situation where we're easily able to believe what may not be the truth and accept the lie because we're not 100% in agreement and we don't know the truth. So it's easy for you to be reasoned in your mind, right? So here's a little, I'm a dictionary kind of break it down, word kind of person, right? So I want you to understand. Let me say this. I'll explain this later, but I want you to know why I'm doing this. Information does not breed transformation. So we can come and hear information all day long. And you never get to transformation. You never get to manifestation. We have so many Christians. God help us all that have come to church all of our lives and received so much information. And still can't stand on truth because they don't know him because they've never had the transformation. I know it's hard to hear, but I I want you to hear me. I want to grow your ears up today. Right? So let me say this. My slide was out of order, so I'm just going to do this because I, I was going to skip it, but I don't. I'm going to come back to that because I want you to see this. This is going to help you see the work that I'm doing. Matthew 13, 10, and 17. I'm going to read this in your hearing so that you don't be stuck and trapped in what I'm trying to set you free from. I don't want you to stay in the claws of the enemy. So read along. It says, the disciples came up and they asked, they're talking to Jesus. Jesus, why do you tell stories? He replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has, listen, whenever someone has a ready heart, (laughs) For this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, hear me, if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. And Jesus said, this is why I tell stories, to create readiness, (laughs) to nudge people toward receptive insight in their present state, Hear me, because this is all over the world, even in church now. Even in their readiness. I lost my space. Even in this present state, they can still stare till doomsday and still not see. (laughs) Listen to their blue in the face and still not even get it. (laughs) I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. And this is the forecast, that your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. This is information with no transformation. Ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see nothing. The people are blockheads. I didn't write it. I didn't write it, but I get it. That means it's hardened. Nothing's penetrating up here. 
They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But God has given you God-blessed eyes and eyes that see and God-blessed ears and ears that hear. A lot of people, listen, prophets and humble believers among them would have given anything to see what you're seeing, hear what you're hearing, but they didn't have the chance. This is why I'm talking to you like this, because right by now, I've probably been flowing, laying hands on a roll. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I move. But this is, this is vital. This is pertinent. We're in a pertinent place in our world right now. The world is abrupt. And I'm under the persuasion that we haven't yet taken our place. That we're looking and we have eyes and we see, but we ain't seeing to change. We're hearing everything going on, but we have ears that are hearing, but they're not hearing to a space to do anything. And that's our assignment. So when I talk about what's going on or where we are, I'm trying to not have you stay stuck in a space like this. I like to call when I come together on a Sunday morning. I'm an athlete, so I talk a lot of athletic talk. But when we come on a Sunday morning, this is our pregame huddle. We come to get riled up. We're celebrating the power. We're celebrating our victories or we're encouraging our losses. But what we're saying is let, let's give you instructions to go back out in the game of life and win this thing. So you're here for instructions. I need you to hear me. You're here to get instructions on how to do life. One thing that drives me the most crazy, and maybe because I've started growing out of it because I was crazy too, <laughs> I was crazy too, is that we compartmentalize our God life and our life outside of God. They are not separate. When you come into the house, you're coming to get instructions from God's perspective through his word and how to take that out and apply it to every aspect of your life, your daily work. That's what this is for. There is no way, and then from this day forward, no longer do we come into the house, have a great experience, and walk out and now feel like we don't know how to flow in that game for the week. That's information with no transformation. We come to get transformed. And we'll talk about that process, but this is the work. So a lie, this is where most of us fall, is a false statement. It's an intentional untruth. You know what I like about this? It's something intended or serving to convey a false impression, an imposter. What I love about the lie and the liar the enemy, is that in order for him to be the master liar that he is, he had to know truth first. So he knew truth first. We know he got kicked out. But the reason why you feel like he's so good is because he know what you should know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
The reason it looks like he can manipulate and trick you and build this fog and this pretense in front of you with what we call a lie is because he knows the word that you should know. It wasn't information for him. It was application for him. It was He was one of God's chief angels. He knew exactly the characteristics of God. So he can come and tell you, you ain't really saved. Because if you were, I know you're supposed to act like this and think like this. And you go, oh, maybe you're right. So let me tell you, it's because of the truth that he knows that he can set you up to give yourself over. So the reason that we're not winning as much as we should win, and the reason we haven't allowed God's power to be activated in as many spaces as it should be activated, and we're not walking in that authority, is because I'm willing to say or ask you to consider, do you know truth like you should know truth? Truth. Right? Conformity with fact or reality is verity. The state of character or being truth. Actuality. Can you say that you know God's characteristics and his state of being because that's who your truth is measured against? Or do we measure truth against what we've heard and not what we've experienced through his word? This is where the enemy is able to get in. I want to give you tools and insight that changes your life because you know how to go out and work every day. It does us no good to come in and have a great Sunday. If you're going to fail Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You should be able to put the enemy under your feet every day of the week, not just Sunday. That's the power that we're trying to tap into. So I want to challenge your perspective for a quick second. Oh, my PowerPoint, when I push these buttons, they're supposed to like do my animations and come up one at a time. Oh, well, maybe you guys aren't smart to know that answer yet. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so listen, here's a perspective. Let's see how quick you get this. So if I were to ask who wanted a $100 bill for free, just because I want to give it to you, you know, just extra cash just because. How many be like, oh, I'll take it. Remember, we're engaged. How many of you would take an extra $100 bill just because? Some of y'all are like, I don't want to seem desperate. This is what's wrong with things. Stop being so stuck, Christians. How many would just take a $100 bill just because? Thank you. I will force you to engage. So what if I told you that this $100 bill had been spit on, it's been stepped on, and it's been abused, but I shook it out, and it's still ready to go? How many of you still want the $100 bill? What if I told you that the $100 bill had been ripped and taped back together or that it had flew through a pig's pen and it had a stench on it, it didn't look right or smell right, but I still got it and I, I'm willing to give it. Who still wants the $100 bill? <laughs> Normally I have one. If I did, I would give it to you just for that. So this is what I'm saying. So this $100 bill has gone through the hand of a murderer and abuser and rapers. It's been through a lot of experiences and I got it from one of them, and they pass it on to me, and now I want to give it away. Who still wants the $100 bill? Why do you want this $100 bill, no matter what I have apparently told you, that this $100 bill has been through our experience? Why do you still want it? <laughs> I heard it still is $100. It still has value. I heard it still has worth. Who taught you to think like that? Y'all don't even know. <laughs> I wish y'all could see what I see from this thing. Y'all look like, I don't know. 
what made you think that that money, whoever created the money, the government, the law, set up a process that no matter what happens to it, the value never leaves. And we all aligned with it and said, I'm in. We have never even questioned it. But why? Oh, my why. When it comes to you, me, thee, and us, do we look at something that our creator created and see what it's been through, see how it's been abused, see how it's gone through the hands of rapists and molestation, and look at it and then say, oh, there's no value. Why? Who made us think that? Oh, I'm coming for your mind today. Who made you think that you had to look at somebody as less than their worth and treat them like what they've been through, but you can look at money and don't care and call it valuable still? I'm coming for your precepts. I'm coming for your concepts. I'm coming for the shaper that shaped the way you think because that is your enemy. It's keeping you stuck. Because if we can look at the, the laws that God created in his truth and question it, second guess what the creator meant it to be. Second guess its value and worth because of an experience. But not look at the laws that man made and think twice. We got a situation. And we've got to do a lens exchange because that would not put you in the best position as God moves you forward to allow his power and authority to be activated in you. Because you're broken by a shaper that's not God. I need you to hear me today. So often in that same way, you take this $100 bill, I tell this story in a version wherever I go. Because so many of us like this story, we're living in that. So we take our $100 bill to a dollar store. And we walk in, we get three things because we're happy we got some money to purchase something. So we grab three things. The lady say $3. We walk out happy we got three things. Thank you, Jesus. I needed these three things. God just showed up. I needed, I couldn't have got these three things without you. Thank you for making a way. And you don't shout as your way on the door. And the cashier goes, hey, your change. Did you not know what you gave me was worth more than what you took out with the satisfaction and left with? And I say to you today that God is looking at you through every experience going, hey, don't you know there's a greater worth on your life than the pieces that you're celebrating because you're so happy that God's done a small thing? God is ready to do a big thing. There's a greater call and worth and value on your life. The enemy has tricked us to be satisfied with below-average God experience. You may not like me. You may not like me today. But I came to grow us up. I came to make sure we got eyes that see like he see. Ears that hear like he hear. I came to challenge you the way you perceive your life's situations. There may not be a rock but there's a web that you can't even see. And before you bust out of it and run for your life, know that that's him working on your behalf. 
I need you to see God. I need you to see God. I need you to see God. This is a lot of our situations. So I ask you, what's shaping how you see? Right? What's shaping how you see? So every person has a body. Everybody has a brain. Every brain has a mind. Every mind has a belief system. Every belief system then had a shaper, and every shaper had an agenda. I'm going to stop and let you think about that. Because normally what I would say to people, what's your agenda and who shaped it? See, I'm talking about how we think. Do y'all know that we've been non-thinking believers? <laughs> With all due respect, we go through the motions of information. And God wants to set you free today. So I put some thoughts because what I've realized is that many of us, all of us, have been conditioned by our social construct. Your social construct is that thing that you grew up in, whether it's your culture, your family, your block, your hood, whatever that is, that thing has shaped you. And it has become the lens at which you see and respond to anything that comes your way. But in God... We have to do a lens exchange in order to line up with truth. I've listed a few points that I almost want to skip right here, but I'm going to do it for your favor because you need to get them. If I were you, I would take a picture of the screen, right? So here are a few things for you to think about that changes the way that you move in God. No one can live beyond the limits of their belief. If this is what you believe and how you believe it, you can go no further. So if you haven't had an experience with the fullness of God's truth that continues to permeate and build transformation, you're stuck at the belief and experience of your information. You can't move beyond what you believe. So if you're looking for movement or growth or elevation, I'm going to ask you, you got to find a stronger belief through your trust and experience in him. Point two. It's not what you are that holds you back. It's what you think you're not. I just want to give you a second. Because the enemy has held us captive. Some things you already know you are, but it's what you think you're not and what you don't have and how you're not moving and the skill you don't have. You go through all of that journey and then you don't because you think you can't. And that becomes your shaper. That's your belief system saying, this, all, this is all that you are. This is all that you can do. You were born in this kind of family. You went through this. And it starts to shape you. So everything that you're not or everything you don't have tells you what, where you cannot go. And I'm going to do this and connect the dot. Like the $100 bill, it doesn't matter. Because your creator gave you a destiny and a value that the experience can't keep from you. I know y'all thought the experience could keep you from it, but it can't unless you give it away and shape a belief system that puts limits on your life. Oh, wait, are y'all with me? Let me see. All right. I, I, want, I want this today. I'm telling you. So if you came because you wanted to feel good and get goose pimples, I mean, hold on. That's probably coming, but that's not my goal today. Nothing changes until your mind changes. 
that can interpret on its own. You cannot always control your circumstances, but you can always control your own thoughts about the circumstances. Your power is in how you see what you're going through, not what you're going through. No matter the length, the depth, the, the trauma, the impact, trust me, I've had some impact of trauma. And what I've learned, this isn't just what I'm preaching because I've heard it and it sounds good. It's what he's taught me through a process of becoming. And in that becoming, he always says, Trina, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you're going through. How do you think I see what you're going through? Can you line up with that? Can you control your own thoughts through the lens of my word? Am I, am I too deep for y'all? I, I broke it down as much as I can. Come with me on this ride, right? As a man thinks in his heart, that is that man. <laughs> so is he. Information does not bring transformation. Conversion does. I can't even stop and deal with it. I need y'all to get it. The most difficult project in the world is the reconstruction of the human mind. Why do you think God didn't even wrestle with it? He said, choose ye this day. I ain't dealing with these people. <laughs> he like, I ain't finna use all my energy to force you to do nothing and work with that human mind because I gave you liberty and freedom to choose. He said, but hey, let me give you a hint if I was you. I choose life. And if you want to choose life, I'll give you everything you need. I can't, I can't mess with you. I can't mess with you. You are the sum total of all you have been conditioned to think. That's your equal, sir. You are the only one that can determine your equal, your sum, your total. God gives you everything to line up with his sum for you. But you are only the sum of what you've conditioned for yourself. You get to choose, right? Let me tell you, this is what John 14, 5 through 7 says this. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I hate my animations ain't working because y'all already on my other thought underneath. I see y'all eyes dropped. I'm reading up here. Everybody said, that's hurting my feelings right now. I want y'all to know. So I'm going to, y'all laughing, but I'm so serious. I wish I could snatch y'all heads up. So wait. <laughs> wait on me. I'm the leader. Go with me. No, I'm just kidding. So I, I broke this down because I need you to understand the original intent of this word. I am huge on the original intent. Like what was the original intent of church? Are we lined up with it or are we living a modification? Okay. Can't go there. So way in the Greek means hadas, right? I am the way. I had to put this in because it's just good. I am the way. It means I am the way already traveled. I am the road already walked. I am the journey that you're already in. I am the destiny already pursued. I am the result that you're looking for. I'm already set in your beginning. I am the journey traveled. I am that way. See, we're sitting there, God, how do I feel? 
figure it out what's going to happen. He said, I am the way. Oh, y'all can't get that. It goes on to say, I am the way. I am the course of conduct. I am the manner in which you should think. I am the manner in which you should feel. I am the manner in which you should decide. It's set if you want to walk with set. But most of us want to sit and look at set and we never accomplish it. So I say to you, if he is the way already traveled, if he's already the manner in which you should think and decide and feel, if he's already the truth, God, I really can't go with it. Y'all, it's so good. I wish I could help y'all. <laughs> Listen to what truth is in the Greek. I don't give you Greek to be deep. I give you Greek so we can get the transformation. I give you Greek because I'm nudging your spiritual receptivity. I'm like my father and brother. We're nudging to get those eyes and ears. So truth means this. Truth is what is truth in any manner of unconsideration. It's truly truth according to truth. (laughs) So it's truth according to the measure of God who is truth. Many of us measure truth against the most common denominator. Many of us measure truth against the most common thing that makes sense to us. It's like somebody saying, I'm not that bad. I'm doing better than bro. (laughs) But your measure is not a full measure based on your capacity. So I ask you, what are you measuring your progress against? Because I don't like the spirit of comparison. It's a stagnant chain that keeps us in prison because that's not your measure. Your measure is him, our truth. That's why many of us haven't really grown up and changed because we're measuring against everybody else. That's measuring against everybody else. And we get through measuring, how low can you go? (laughs) Your measure's so low. But measure your truth against the intended image and expectation of God for your life. I can't. It's it's just, okay. So I'm interchanging light and truth. I hate that these animations ain't working. Oh, this is like stealing my build-up thunder. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm going to talk to myself later about it. I'm having three conversations right now. I want y'all to know how skilled I am. I'm talking to you. I'm preparing for this. I'm mad that my animations ain't working. And I'm talking to God. I'm a bad sister. Y'all don't know what's going on. Okay. So John 8, 12. I need you to hear this. We're talking about exposing lies with truth. We're talking about your measure of truth. We're talking about who truth is, right? And you have to know truth in order not to believe a lie which is where most of us fail, right? So we're going to talk about how light takes. The same way, let me say this, pause. When God says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light, I am the light, I am the door, I am the bread of life, I am, I am, and then say, you were made in my image. I don't know if you understand what y'all got. We got some arsenal that go deep. It rolled heavy. And some of y'all just did that. Okay, look, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We talked about this a couple Sundays in a row. I'm going to add a building layer to it because the word goes precept upon precept and glory upon glory. So we're building for your sake. So the message version reads like this. Jesus once again addressed them and said, I am the world's light. No one who follows me will stumble around in darkness because I have provided plenty of light for you to live in. Well, what's light? We've been talking about light versus darkness, but what is light? How do you occupy light? How do you engage with light? How does light work on your behalf? Do you have light? How do you measure light? How do you know? Or do we just walk out with some information and go, I'm light! Light. So I have a dictionary definition, and then I have a Greek definition. I'm going to layer this as quickly as possible. So light means something that makes things visible or affords illumination. It's a luminous energy or radiant energy, right? So it causes things to rise out, to come out, to rise up. It causes movement. It's an energy that demands things to change and not be the way they were. That's light. Darkness, the definition, the dictionary definition, is absent of deficiency of light. (laughs) Wickedness or evilness. Satan is the prince of, say it. It's lack of knowledge (laughs) and enlightenment. Lack of sight and blindness. This is what darkness is. I'm going this slow because this is very pertinent for your understanding. The Greek word for light is phos. I normally conversation phos and scotia, phos and scotia. I just like it because it's fun. So light means truth and the truth knowledge. So in order to have light, you have to have truth so that you can have truth knowledge And truth's knowledge changes your mind and how you reason, and then it releases power of understanding morally and and spiritual. I don't know if you can hear me. So light is when you have truth, you have the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of God because he is truth. That truth then changes your mind. It exchanges the lens from now how you reason. Then it releases the power of understanding. I'm just talking about what light should be doing. It gives you understanding both morally and spiritually. And darkness, pastor said it well last week, is ignorance. Ignorance of divine things. So if we're going to call an enemy an enemy, what really is our enemy? Hello. Ignorance is your enemy. Because when you don't know, the Bible says in Hosea, what does it say? Yeah, Bible scholars, let's go, roll with me. People perish for a lack of knowledge. People perish because they are in darkness. They do not have the knowledge. They don't have the insight. Right? And because we think we have light because we have information, but if we're not applying the information then we still have not occupied the capacity of light and activated what it should do. Light activates. 
Light creates energy. Here's a perfect example. I need you to get this. When you see the light bulb symbol, what comes to mind instantly? Everybody, kids. Yeah, can y'all talk like y'all hear me? What comes to mind when you see the light bulb? Idea. When they say, oh, the light bulb came on, what that means, you just had a... A what? A Right? You just had this moment, this epiph, this thing that just powered on that we think is not of God, I guess, natural. So all of a sudden, you had this moment of creativity that changes something. It changes then the way you start to look, move, and act. When anybody encounters the light of God, there should be an illuminating, radiant energy that causes them to encounter truth that makes them act, move, and think differently because of your light. When your light engages someone, they should go through an experience of something challenging them because of your power of understanding to relay to them that their ignorance now shifts. There's no way we can say we have light and we encounter darkness and when we leave, they still ignorant. They still dark. Because your light didn't activate a power of understanding. I want us to have light to its fullest capacity. Let me tell you, I was telling Pastor, when it comes, the energy, the luminous energy, the radiant energy of light comes from that anointing, from your interaction and relationship with truth. It should not go dim, right? And when I get around other light, there should be an increase of light. The Bible talks about this later on. There's an increase of light, which means there's an increase of knowledge, truth, power, understanding, and activation that now we have the capacity to impact a greater level of darkness. So when we come together like this, we're building our capacity of light. So when we go out in the week, y'all don't want to go out in the week. God said, let this mind that is in Christ Jesus be in me. Here's our measure, the image of God. This is why I say we're in the process of becoming who he's created us to be on the journey to image. Everything that we're going through, the reason we're still alive on earth is because we're still journeying, 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 can you say that? Journeying to image. Some of us have reset our goals. Is your goal still the image of God? I see two heads going. <laughs> I wish I could have took a picture. I'm not a Snapchat person, but sometimes you just wish you could have Snapchat at easy access just so you can catch it because it's a beautiful thing. Y'all said, okay, anyway. So is your goal still the image of God? God said, let us create Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Make man in our image according to our likeness. Not physical, but a spiritual personality and a moral likeness. Everything you're going through 
is nudging you to image. It's nudging you to spiritual likeness. It's nudging you towards the character of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that your circumstances, your adversity, your trials, your your challenges, your triumphs, your success is all working together? And we say for our good, but it's working together for the good of him. It's working together to reach your goal of his image, to bring you closer to his likeness. But we are so us. That when we encounter good, bad, evil, or indifferent, we fight it because we don't want to go through not realizing that it's pushing us to be more like him, which was his original intent. How far are we away from original intent? Do you not know? I call my kids my supporting cast. That's like my running, y'all, my supporting cast. This ain't really about (laughs) y'all. But when you remember why God created you, you have an assignment to fulfill for this earth, right? And it includes your supporting cast. But you don't pick up your supporting cast and put down the original intent. I know. it's, it's, It's difficult. It's difficult. Maybe it's hard to hear it this way. Because like me, we feel like life is over when something traumatic happens with the supporting cast. (laughs) Oh, Lord, he hurt me. She hurt me. She did this. He didn't do this. He lied. She left. They did this. This happened. This work. You go through all this, and you stuck, stagnant, unproductive, gave up, and image ain't nowhere in sight. Because we have exchanged the lens and decided, oh, since God didn't put a cave or didn't show up the way I want it, I'm going to give myself over. I'm going to get my own destiny over. I came to reset us today. I came to reset our mind on what this is all about. I often say that every daily experience that you, me, us, and anybody may experience is already set in the word. Truth has already traveled the journey. There's nothing new under the Sun. That's not vertigo. I almost fell. So, <laughs> oh God, I'm having a blast. So listen, I'm saying this to say that sometimes we look at circumstances and that becomes our main focus. And we begin to magnify what we're going through and put down the image that came to give us strength to see differently. And we begin to operate out of the wrong lens. Maybe something like this. Give me a couple of people. Hannah, come here. (laughs) Pastor Olga, come here. (laughs) Any sister, come. Come on, Tommy. Just stand up here. I'll see you. I'm going to need more. No, you're fine. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to call a crew in a second. Oh, y'all know I'm just diva out. You know, I'm getting down with this right now, right? So this is the lens exchange that I'm referencing. This is where many of us, I'm not us in here, but just us, God's people are, right? So we like how we do things. When adversity comes, when challenge comes, when the trial or circumstances presents itself, we automatically put down everything we know 
or that truth or what we don't know. Maybe we don't even think about it because we've compartmentalized. That's a separate thing. I'll do that on Sunday. So we're going to deal with our life circumstances through the lens of which we've been conditioned. How does mama handle this? How does daddy handle this? How did brother handle this? How does sister handle this? And that's how we see it. So we all say we're in the image of God, but we got different color lenses. So everything we see, y'all pose? I thought y'all get it. So everything we see, when the world is trying to see, what does this God image look like? Because we were sent here on his behalf to be a representation of what he looks like, how he thinks, how he functions. I can't talk about it today, but God willing, if Pastor Jamie give me another time, I'll talk about the reason he gave us this power for light for the world is because the world means systems. This power and knowledge for us to change the way systems operate and how the people running them think so we get influence and line things up to look like heaven here on earth. Can't touch that. That's not today's word because we're not ready for that. So we're so distracted with what we're going through that we're not aligned with the assignment or the image. So when, when sickness comes, when trials comes, divorce, whatever it is, job loss, no money, kids leaving, kids crazy, one got shot, one's, whatever it is, you don't get to say everything to me is pink. It's red. This is how I see it. This is how I'm going to respond. This is how I see it. Well, how do you see it? God has created his experience. How do you see it? Everything looks like what? Purple. <laughs> Blue. So if we're, as Christians, supposed to have the same father, we got the same truth, we got the same way, supposed to have the same light, and we interact with everything we're going through so differently because we don't have the same tools, we're not using the way, how do people be influenced or impacted to come into the kingdom to walk with what we say we walk with? Because we walk every kind of way. So the lens exchanges, what if no matter what we went through, we had the same lens? The different lenses is what keeps you stuck. Let me do that. I need four people. Any four people. Come, come, come quickly. Just come, come, come. It can be five. Come on. Hey. Join those. One. All right, listen, I need you to get this. I'm getting ready to give you a quick Bible story scenario to help you get this real quick and good. You ready? Many should know this. David and Goliath, glasses on. Oh, we men in black up in this piece. (laughs) (laughs) So David and Goliath, right? Philistines and the Israelites. One on one hill, one on the other. Just face each other. Colored lenses, black lenses. Face them, face them. All y'all the same, face them. Man, yeah, slow. I'm telling you, boy, you'd be surprised. One on one hill, one on the other. So the Philistines got these colored lenses. Hannah said, I don't want to be a Philistine. So listen, so the Philistines are creating, they're creating a lens for the Israelites. They're telling the Israelites through Goliath, man, is there a big person in here? Who's the biggest, tallest person? 
Oh, come on, that was cute. Come here, just come here because that was so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, that's, give me some right here. Don't, give me some up here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> over here. So this is Goliath. Woo, this is getting ready to preach. I almost took my heels off. So this is Goliath over here with his crew with these colored lenses that see any kind of way based on their personal experiences. So they're looking at this war from their lens and Goliath is talking to the Israelites and the Israelites don't know that Goliath is shaping the way they perceive this situation. He's going, I'm big. I'm bad. I'm scary. I'm tall. I'm a giant. I'm going to take out whoever you send. And they're going, oh my God. Be intimidated. What's your intimidated look? So look, Goliath. <laughs> I love this. Listen to me, because this is your life. Why are you laughing? <laughs> this your life. Why are you laughing? So the enemy, Goliath, it's changing the way they see what's going on because of his bluff. They have the power and the access of a whole different lens. But because they're not sure and tied to their truth, because they haven't accepted God as they way that's already been traveled, because they don't understand the power and authority that they have, they have come into subjection to the perception of something that ain't even what it say it is. Ooh. He's proclaiming how big and bad he is and how he's going to rough you up and take you out. Oh, this sickness is going to end you. Your life is over. Oh, this divorce is going to take you out. Oh, this job and no money is over. And you're going, I'm going to take off my lens. You're right. And it's not even what it looks like. I love the fact, but you think you are. Would you be quiet? <laughs> we ain't going to tell them the secret yet. So listen, here's the key. So David comes up. Come on, Pastor Jamie. <laughs> my armor bearer's in my skip. So David comes up. Come over here, David. David assesses the circumstances through his lens. Get some lenses. Through the lens and the word of God. Let me talk to you right quick. David was out the scene. David was left behind. David was unconsidered. David was out in the back thinking he had nothing to do with life and life had forgot about him and that he was clueless. He had no purpose. He had no value. He was a $100 bill that had been ripped and everybody thought he had nothing to bring to the table. But let me tell you, for anybody that feels like life may have set you aside or put you on a table or, or set you up for a trophy or maybe life's giving you a little dust and you're like, why is life passing me by? Why is everybody else doing this? And she got that and he got that and they're smart and they're not and they got scholarships and, and you're going through all these scenarios. But let me change your lens through the life of David. David was out there getting ready. Can I tell you right where you are, you're getting ready? God is preparing you right where you are. And we think it's the worst thing ever. And we allow the 
attitude and the lens of what adversity and what we perceive as isolation when really it's consecrated. We feel like the enemy has isolated us when God has set us apart. See, you got to understand the difference. You're not isolated. He sets you there. The enemy only wins when you give up your lens. The enemy only wins when you give up your lens. The lens of the word. So David all this time was out there. My brothers get to do this. They doing that. I'm just a shepherd boy. I'm out here. But you know what? I think others that saw it, the naysayers was describing it like that. But I bet you David didn't feel like that. You know why I can say that? Because of how he came out. I need you to understand, if you're not preparing your response and engaging in the experience of being set aside, then your point or perspective of isolation will make you unprepared when you're released. So when David came out, he came out with this lens on. He looked at the situation and started to assess. Wait, the Philistine saying what? The Israelites standing here doing what? Come here, David. Face the war. Face the war. Be intimidated. Be puffed up. Be puffed up. Try. No, I'm just kidding. Be puffed up. Be puffed up. I'm just working. Yeah, I'm crazy. Okay. Be puffed up. Assess the situation from God's lens. God's people are intimidated. The Philistines over here buffing and bluffing. What has your season of preparation that felt like isolation been creating you to see and think like? Because you know it's only shaping the way you think. It's only preparing your response. If you get this, that no adversity, no trial, no circumstances will ever phase you again. I'm coming for your mind, devil. You've got to flee. I came to set you free today. Depression, you got to go. Suicide, you cannot be considered. Jesus. Don't get mad at where you are. He's getting you ready. Let me tell you something. God cannot get the glory if there is no circumstance to get the glory out of. God cannot be seen as a healer if he ain't got nothing to heal. God cannot be known as a deliverer if he ain't got nobody to come set free. I need you to change your lens today. Whether it's about you or your children, your situation. If you miss this time, when you come out, you will still come out with your colored lens on. And then start over. That's what cycles are called. That's why we live in cycles. But when David came out, 
He said to the king, when the king go, no. You ain't ready for this kind of fight. David said, you can't tell me. You wasn't there when I was with the bear. You wasn't there when I was with the lion. You wasn't there when I went through what I went through. God changed my lens. I'm going to treat him just like one of them. Because he's the same God. David's saving grace was this. Every one of the Israelites saw Goliath as a giant and called him giant. If you read the story, David never called him giant. He never called him Goliath. The problem is we're looking through a lens, but we're calling it Woo. Woo. What are you calling what you're going through? What are you calling what you're facing? How are you empowering it or how are you depowering it? Are you activating or are you deactivating? Are you lifting it up or are you bringing it down? How are you seeing it? You have the power. I want you to take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back, take it back. We've been sitting here to rule systems and take over this world. You cannot be light thinking from your own lens. David never called him anything other than a Philistine. He was able to do that because of his truth. You cannot call a lie a lie unless you know it compared to truth. You got to know your truth. That means you got to know God. You got to know his word. You got to know his attributes. You got to know his characteristics. You got to know his mind. His mind has to, that's your journey. So David came out. Let me get out of this space for us. Beam me up, Scotty. Like, blow up out of here. This is the thing. When David came out, they wanted to dress him and prepare him like those who weren't even operating in the things of God. They wanted to clothe him in the same clothes of those that are operating in fear and intimidation. And guess what? David said, no, no, I don't get down like that. He said, but Goliath has on this and that. And he said, I'm going out in the same thing God trained me in. He got his five stones in his sling. You know the story. Y'all ready? Oh, not y'all. Y'all finna lose. Y'all ready? This is what it looks like. So David comes out. His attitude and his demonstration then elevates and upgrades everything that's connected to him. Let me say this. Maybe the church, maybe the city, maybe your kids are stuck because we stuck. Maybe they got the lens you got, but you can't call it that. You just seeing it and go, why are you acting like that? They're going, you taught me this. felt it. I feel you. I, I can sit over here and go, oh, I get it. But we're getting ready to grow up today. So David comes out and this is what he said. Here's your power. I'm telling you, if you change the way you think, you change your lens. If you change your lens, you got to change how you hear, see, and speak. So David comes out and says, I'm not, I'm not going out in me. I'm taking the God of the angel of the armies. David set the stage 
with his lens. So he already knew that when he pulled your slingshot out, get ready. You ready? Y'all finna be the force behind the slingshot. Hands up. You're the angel armies. Because the angel armies come with you when you know your truth. The angel armies come with you when you know what the walk is. See, this is the problem. We've been going out in our own strength. We've been going out in our own lens and our own work. But when you line up with the power of God, you get the whole host of angel armies. So when he slung the rock, be his force. Nope, they're going to go with you back. When he slung the rock at something that appeared to be too big, too great, too unsolvable, I can't beat it, it's going to win. But because of the lens of God, when he slung the rock, there was a greater force than his own strength. when he reached back he left his strength and he leaned on God lean lean and God said when you release everything in my army is going to release and the power is going to double so release this is how you can activate give God some praise in this house Jesus Jesus! We're going to quit complaining. We're going to quit magnifying the circumstances. And we're going to line up with the angel armies. And everywhere we go, follow me, and everywhere we go, they right with us. So when the circumstance come, do they see you? They see the bigger picture. The problem is we've been walking up on circumstances on our own. But you got to walk up on circumstances gangster style. You got to walk up on circumstances with the angel's army, with the power of God, with the door of life, with the bread of life. You have more than enough to win. I need everybody on your feet in this place. Woo. Take your props and go sit down. You can take them, keep them, do what you want with them. Pastor Jamie, you can stay right here. Woo! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, what I know is either you can have a mind that was ready for receptivity today and you just gained insight or not. Here's my picture as we close. I don't want you stuck. See, there's six stages to the process. Don't get the information and then stop. But you got to go home and study this thing so you start to comprehend. And it becomes a part of you. And after you start getting comprehension, you start applying it. You're getting your walk. It's like working out. You got to keep working the muscle. After you get application, you start applying it. Then you start getting manifestation coming. You go, oh my God, that worked. And you keep working it. Then the Holy Spirit confirms you. And then you get the transformation. And let me tell you, it don't stop. The next level, you got to work them steps again. The next level, you got to work them steps again. Let me tell you this. The enemy is not coming to distract and attack you based on where you are. My dad would teach him this when he would train us. And we're like, why we got to work out with our team and then go work out with you again? And then you're going to leave us to work out when you leave. Why you keep working us out like that? 
We're already winning. We're already good. We're already at this level. He said, I'm not training you for where you are. I'm training you for where you're going. I'm training you for the next level. So the devil already knows your creator's intent for you. So he's coming at you based on that level. And you're down here going, I don't know why he's attacking me like this. You better rise up in that thing and say, let's go, angel of armies. I'm ready to manifest. I'm ready for transformation. No longer will you have ears for information and be satisfied. This thing's getting ready to change your mind. Whatever you're going through, I want you to change your lens. Get that word and make it be how you see, how you function. God. My closing scripture. So here's what I say to you. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work. You hear me? You don't separate this. This is us all day, all week, all month, all year, all life long. We're moving to his image. You're sleeping, eating, going to work. You're walking around and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Acknowledging who he is and letting him be that is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture to your lens, to your way, to your history, to your environment. Listen, that you, that you fit into it without even doing what? Thinking. God, devil, you're a liar. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will then be changed from the inside out. Readily, readily able to recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, Whew. we're talking about light, always dragging you down into its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops you as a well-formed, develops well-formed maturity in you. I just, I gave you the whole process. Lift your hands in this place. My God, my God, my God. I come from your mind today. I, I, God wants you free. He wants you free. Stop focusing on how deep the pain is. I told God a long time, I'm going to stop saying why, God, and say how. How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to see it? What do you want me to do with it? How do you get the glory from it, God? Switch that thing up. Take your authority back. My God, my God. I'm going to do this real quick. I'm going to invite my David over here to come with me. If you know that the lens you've been operating with has been swallowing you up and tainting the color of how you see things. And this word is coming to bring you freedom. I just want you to come up here quick to this altar. We're going to agree with you in prayer. If you know that you ain't been fully operating in the lens of God, I just need you to come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. Oh, we're going to be light. We're getting ready to be light. When you encounter anything, it's got to feel the illuminating energy of God and change. Woo! God, I'm breaking cycles today. I'm breaking cycles. I'm breaking cycles. I'm breaking cycles. I'm breaking cycles. Woo! 
Jesus. Come on, scoot up, scoot up in, scoot up in, scoot over. Come forth. If you have to be like the lady with the issue of blood, break through. Come to the end. Come find the garment. Not mine, but his. My God. I hope that the word he sent, you let it do what it was sent to do. Because if you do, everything you're encountering right now just got intimidated. <laughs> it's all got to change because of how your mind changed because now you see it differently. You hear what I'm saying? I'm asking, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm empowering you. I'm giving you the tools that you already had access to. I'm helping you see them. Right? So you can access them. No longer will we see our walk with God as compliance. It's commitment. I'm changing your lens about it. The way that we have to operate as light is not an obligation. It's an opportunity. You get to. <laughs> you get to be light. You get to see it differently. I've had people challenge me all the, I'm going to say it, all the hell I've been through. And then why are you not angry? Why are you not mad? Why you didn't fight? Why you didn't slash tires and bust windows off the car? Why didn't you do A, B, C, and D? That's not my lens. See, people, you ain't got to explain it. You got to live it. You are supposed to see it differently. The same scenario pastor that somebody else go through, if you see it the way you're supposed to see it, you're not going through like them. Your result will be different. I'm going to tell you, God said when Job went through, have you considered Job? Because he knew what he put in him. When you think about what you're going through, think about God saying, have you considered them? Because I believe that they're going to do what I've given them to do to get through it and they're going to be my light. Can God count on you to count on him? Can God count on you to count on him? Woo! I got to let you go, y'all. I am, a, when I told you I was going to talk, teach, instruct, and then I'd be ready to preach. I'm sorry, it happens. But I've come to the place that I don't just do church anymore. This is a kingdom thing. And I've come to equip you and empower you for elevation and activation in the kingdom. I've come to activate you today. That you ever seen the Wonder Twins power when they go like this, everything changed. I came to do this so that I'm telling you, life can change for you today. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.